Hi guys, it's Sharon again from Shazza's podcast. <laughs> I am still looking for a name. I still haven't quite worked out what to call myself yet. Um, if you've listened to any of my episodes up till now, um, I'd like to thank you. Uh, I think we've got a, a trailer. Um, we have uh, episodes one and two which was my original first one and then it's joined together with an interview with Ray and then the last one I did was on products and doing your research. So this one I'm just going to elaborate a little bit further on first of all and of course you know this is talking about the stigma side of direct sales and hopefully with a bit more discussion we might get into the nitty-gritty of why um, so many people sort of look down on these sort of companies and this sort of industry but let's go back a step to where you were actually doing your research um, into the products that you were wanting to sell so presumably you have found something that interests you that um, ignites a little bit of passion in you you're excited to try the products you're excited to get your kit and all those sorts of things hopefully you will have looked into the compensation side because let's face it even though this is going to fill a void in giving you something to work on and something to do you do want to at the end of the day get something back from it and it is important to not be spending more than you're making to a point um we'll go into that a bit more too because you know there's advertising and things that you can do to like re-inject money into your business which can also help widen your audience but they're they're things for down the track so so let's just say that you have found the product you've researched the company you've found that it's got fairly good reviews um, you haven't heard anything bad about it you feel that it would be a good fit for you so you're all set to go so you sign up um, you get to know your sponsor hopefully a little bit and you're waiting for your kit to arrive at that point I would still be researching as much as I can to get my head around how the company works and everything presumably you'd maybe get a welcome email Um, if the company gives you a website you would familiarize yourself with that and hopefully you would be in a team group or something similar so that you can mix with other consultants and pick up things along the way Um, those team groups are fantastic Um, it's a little community within a community so to speak and you make new friends but you're all like-minded people in there with the same purpose of getting the products that you're selling to that wider audience and hopefully having some measurable success with it so I would definitely um, make time to talk to your sponsor or your leader or whatever it is called in in your company Um, 
and you know get a bit of their background story um what made them join how long have they been doing it um what sort of success have they had bear in mind that everybody is different um once again i can only well i mean i could broadly speak on a number of topics um companies but i'm going to relate this to flavorista when i say that um there is heaps of help available uh, from your sponsor to your upline leader to you know everybody really i mean we're all in it together and everyone is very very supportive so i would be looking into the compensation plan and getting my head around that and i would be asking questions heaps and heaps of questions to try and have some understanding of how things work so that when your kid arrives you are going to be informed and you are just going to be having the fun part of exploring it now usually um, maybe doing a live on facebook is a good idea to um, unveil your kit engage some people and you know get a bit of interest happening there um then you could actually um as a means of launching your business hold your own launch party now you can do that online or you could do it in home um if you know if you're able to do that that's great um invite your family and friends um i know i touched on earlier that they're not always your greatest supporters but if that's not always the case um sometimes seeing things in person actually resonate with people and you know you might be pleasantly surprised so don't you know cross that off your list entirely make sure you do give it a go um it's a great way for you to learn your products though by introducing them to people that you already know um so you still get benefit out of holding this party whether it be online or not because you're still going to source out the information to pass on to these people so whether you end up being a huge success and getting a load of sales or whether you have no interest at all um, it still gives you the sounding board of a run-through if you like of what you can potentially only improve on because let's face it your first one it's going to be hit and miss anyway um you're really not going to know what to do um you'll wing it to a certain point some of you might have already done other businesses so you might feel confident doing lives everybody is different and hopefully the, the company that you have chosen is one that gives you the freedom to be yourself you know there is nothing worse than being stilted and forced into portraying something that you're not um once again harking back to flavorista that is what i love about it because you do have freedom to be you um you know and 
thinking outside of the box all the time is what I am constantly doing. I'm always looking at ways to reach that wider audience. So supposing now you have had your party, you may have got one or two interested and that's great. And you're kind of thinking, radio. now what do I do? Um, there's a couple of roads you can go down, um, all of which are great if you do them properly. Um, markets are a great avenue for this sort of thing. Once again, it depends on the company that you're with. Your company has, if they have policies and so forth in place that does not allow you to sell at markets, then clearly you can't do that. Um, once again, with Flavorista, we have the freedom to do that. So, um, you know, there's a lot of people doing it and they're highly successful because they're out there talking to the public. Um, the public can come up and have a talk to them. They can, you know, touch the packets if they want to. They can smell the products. Um, they can see what they're buying, basically. And quite often, if you do a market on a regular basis, you'll actually find that people come looking for you. That if they run low of stock or they want to try another new product or something, they will come and source you out. So try and be a regular at a market if that's what you intend to do. Also, make sure that you do have stock to sell on the day because the majority of people do want to be able to purchase and take their product with them. Um, I know there's people out there that, that start markets um, with just their kit and they maybe take an order um, but then they have to take, you know, pay shipping and everything to, to get it delivered. Whereas they can cut that cost by just buying from you on the day. So it is always worthwhile, perhaps even holding off, starting doing markets until you're prepared and you have a bit of stock behind you. Um, so the other key thing that I want to mention with markets is it's really, really important to have good signage. Um, I know myself, if I'm walking past a stall and I don't see any prices mentioned and I don't see any signs of, or tags or whatever of what the products actually are, I'm going to keep walking because I don't want to be caught up in a conversation with you and then you come the hard sale with me and put me in an awkward position. And so I will avoid that sort of thing. But if I can see your signage, I know what you're selling, and I can see your prices, if it interests me, I will go up and talk to you myself. The other thing is, is um, be welcoming to people that go past. I know that it's very easy to just sit down in a camp chair looking all cosy and snug, but it's not very inviting to people. You know, they almost think that they're bothering you. 
Also, don't have your nose in your phone. There's nothing more off-putting than seeing a stall holder with their nose in their phone and you think, oh, yeah, well, I'm not going to bother them. You know, it's, it's like an inconvenience of some sort. So I guess try and look at it from the other side of the table. What would be appealing to you? Seeing the signage, seeing the prices, seeing a nice smile, seeing someone stand up. If you've got back issues or whatever and you have to sit down, that's fine. But try and try and be in a, um, a receptive frame of mind so that, you know, if you are sitting down, people can still see that you're willing to talk to them and that you're friendly and approachable. Um, you know, another past life of mine, I used to actually run markets and I had four going at one stage and they were a community market and I remember going around to my stall holders um, on every market day to sort of see how they were going and I remember approaching this one particular stall where it just had I don't I look to be honest I can't even remember what the products were but they were just thrown literally over this table the person was sitting in a camp chair um, I think they're even like reading a magazine or had their head down or something there was no signage there was no prices and I went up and I said oh so you know how's it going tonight and you know what is it you're actually selling and you know showed a bit of interest asked a few questions um, you know the price and all that sort of thing it was like extracting a tooth from a hen <laughs> well however that saying goes um they just weren't very welcoming they weren't very communicative um i used to go around to my stall holders and if i saw something that i liked i would purchase it you know, it didn't matter that I was the organiser. I was, you know, if I was on that side of the stall, I was also a shopper, um, keeping an eye out for a bargain. But that attitude of those people uh, really put me right off the stall. And as a matter of fact, I never had them back to my market because they were not a good fit. They didn't uh, have that friendly persona. And I get, look, everybody... Is different we have good and bad days but you have to put some effort into your stall um, so that that's sort of you know one of the big tips um, from me as far as markets go um, and do your research once again see um, how much how, and look markets are a very hit and miss sort of thing they're very hard to judge um, you know, sometimes they'll have really good foot traffic, um, sometimes they won't. Sometimes it will be weather-based, sometimes it's, you know, it's just not going to happen that day. Um, from a stallholder point of view, always take that into account, that it's not necessarily the organiser's fault. I just, you know, having been on the other side of the fence there, I just want to get that point across stallholders can quite often be very quick to blame the organizer for no sales but in a lot of cases 
not all because it, you know foot traffic obviously comes into it but if your stall is not looking appealing if you're not looking inviting you can't blame the organizer for that you need to be putting the effort in so that's my little you know thing on on the markets i can go into a lot more detail with that um because as i say i've been on both sides of it um i remember when i was running a stall myself and you know i really you know you might have noticed i've got the gift of the gab i really like talking um i used to love chatting to potential customers um whether they bought from me or not um was irrelevant to a certain extent because I wanted to be known as friendly but I was also enjoying the interaction myself. So I think, you know, it doesn't hurt to be civil and nice to people and it comes back to the old, you know, treating others as you want to be treated um sort of thing. So yeah, markets are definitely worthwhile but definitely build yourself up to them and be at a stage where you are able to do it. Um so that's just touching on both the um markets and the online or in-home parties. I suppose I, I need to enlarge on the online parties as well. Um they can be a tough gig. Um they really can. Um Primarily, of course, they're done on Facebook. I think some people are even doing them on Zoom these days. But I I still do mine on Facebook. Um, I run a business page for my Flavorista. And I have built that up over time. And I either run public events from my page... Or sometimes, you know, people will message me and ask me to run a party for them. Um, this is also hit and miss because, you know, it doesn't matter how well you present the party. You can have 20 people in the group or in the event and you can tick all the boxes as far as giving all the information, um, you know, but if people aren't wanting to buy or they, you know, they've just come along because the person that has invited them asked them to, but they still have a closed mind to party plan or direct sales, then we lie back at that original dilemma, the stigma that goes with this industry. Um, I feel markets a great place if you can and your company allows you to they're a great outlet for this because you don't really look like a direct salesperson at a market online and party plan is a different matter but what you've got to realize is don't wear your heart on your sleeve don't take everything so personally don't get easily offended if people don't want to purchase your product. Um, it may not be for them and that is totally okay. You know, 
we may not be for everyone. It's, it's a very common thing that I I say to people. Um, you can only do your best. And I hope that you've got some value out of what I have said here tonight. Um, I shall be back again very soon. I'm, if you haven't already noticed, I'm actually really enjoying doing these podcasts. Um, probably no real format at this stage and I'm still searching for a name as you know Um, but I am enjoying doing them so I hope someone is getting some value out of them and we will talk again soon hopefully thanks for tuning in bye